Chapter Twenty Six of The Gods Are Athirst. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Gods Are Athirst by Anatole France. Translated by Mrs. Wilfred Jackson. Chapter Twenty Six. The sun of Thermidor was setting in a blood-red sky, while Everest wandered, gloomy and careworn, in the Marbeuf Gardens, now a national park, frequented by the Parisian idlers. There were stalls for the sale of lemonade and ices. Wooden horses and shooting galleries were provided for the younger patriots. Under a tree, a little Savoyard in rags, with a black cap on his head, was making a marmot dance to the shrill notes of his hurdy-gurdy a man still young slim-waisted wearing a blue coat and his hair powdered with a big dog at his heels stopped to listen to the rustic music Évariste recognized robespierre he found him paler thinner his face harder and drawn in folds of suffering he thought to himself what fatigues how many griefs have left their imprint on his brow how grievous a thing it is to work for the happiness of mankind what are his thoughts at this moment does the sound of this mountain music perhaps distract him from the cares of government is he thinking that he has made a pact with death and that the hour of reckoning is coming close is he dreaming of a triumphant return to the committee of public safety from which he withdrew weary of being held in check with couton and saint just by a seditious majority Behind that impenetrable countenance, what hopes are seething, or what fears? But Maximilian smiled at the lad, in a gentle, kind voice asked him several questions about his native valley, the humble home and parents the poor child had left behind, tossed him a small piece of silver, and resumed his stroll. After taking a few steps, he turned round again to call his dog, sniffing at the marmot. It was showing its teeth at the little creature that bristled up in defiance. To heel, Brunt, he called, to heel, and he plunged among the dark trees. Gamelin, out of respect, did not interrupt his lonely walk, but, as he gazed after the slender form disappearing in the darkness, he mentally addressed his hero in these impassioned words. I have seen thy sadness, Maximilian. I have understood thy thought, thy melancholy, thy fatigue, even the look of fear that stamps thy face. Everything says, let the reign of terror end, and that of fraternity begin. Frenchmen, be united, be virtuous, be good and kind, love ye one another. Well then, I will second your designs, that you, in your wisdom and goodness, may be able to put an end to our civil discord, to our fratricidal hatred, turn the headsman into a gardener who will henceforth cut off only the heads of cabbages and lettuces i will pave the way with my colleagues of the tribunal that must lead to clemency by exterminating conspirators and traitors we will redouble our vigilance and our severity no culprit shall escape us and when the head of the last enemy of the republic shall have fallen under the knife then it will be given thee to be merciful without committing a crime then thou canst inaugurate the reign of innocence and virtue in all the land o father of thy country the incorruptible was already almost out of sight 
two men in round hats and nankeen breeches one of whom a tall lean man of a wild unkept aspect had a blur on one eye and resembled talin met him at the corner of an avenue looked at him askance and passed on pretending not to recognize him when they had gone far enough to be out of hearing they muttered under their breath so there he goes the king the pope the god for he is god and catherine theo is his prophetess dictator traitor tyrant the race of brutus is not extinct tremble malefactor the tarpian rock is near the capital the dog brunt ran toward the pair they said no more and quickened their pace End of chapter 26